I'm gonna show you an actual deal that I just closed. I'm gonna show you my text messages so you know exactly what I said. So hopefully it can help you get your next deal. All right, let's get into it. In today's video, I'm gonna show you how I was able to create a win-win situation for the seller who was two weeks away from losing their house um, and for me to be able to close the deal. Uh, don't forget, hit the subscribe button. Um, that's the best way that you can support me. So if you're getting any value, share this video with someone that you know that would get value from this, um, that's looking to get into real estate or that's currently prospecting and just needs to get some deals. So my hope is that when you're done, you'll have a better understanding and you can see proof of concept. I do this a lot. I'm always constantly recording my live calls um, and closings that we're, that we're doing and anything that, that we're able to switch it up and we're constantly evolving for my bootcamp and for my students um, so that we can continue to show as the market changes, like what's working and what's not working. Um, if you are looking to get into this niche, don't forget we have a bootcamp class coming up. Um, I always, always, always suggest to uh, start with this pre-foreclosure class. Um, it's absolutely free. It's an introduction. And if anything, even if you don't want to get into education or learn anymore, at least you'll know the basics. At least you'll know how to talk to these sellers uh, and we can answer your questions live. So let's get to it. So how did I get this deal? So cold calling, it works. <laughs> we, I talk about this in my bootcamp. It is so important guys, especially for the beginners out there. If you guys are out there and you're trying to get business and you're, and you've been making cold calls, but you're not getting anywhere, understand that this is a part of your education. In our bootcamp, we require everybody to make cold calls and it's not the end game. Like you're not going to sit here and cold call forever, but it's the fastest way to talk to as many people as possible and to start filling your pipeline. Line. Then once you have mastered how to talk to these sellers, then you can do direct marketing. Then you can do, you know, campaigns and ads and all of that. But so many people do this backwards. So many people spend all of this money in mailers and marketing, but they're marketing to someone that they don't even know how to talk to. So get on the phones, cold calling absolutely works. Texting absolutely works. It's a numbers game and you just have to push through the no's and the FU's and all of that. So how I got this deal uh, was through RedX. You can check out this video where I show you, you know, how I pull my data and all of that. That's not what this video is. So got it from RedX. I was cold calling the person, the number that actually came up that it was associated with. So this was a very um, unique situation, but this does happen frequently when it's either a relative, a husband, a wife, where the contact person is different from the actual seller, which you can absolutely use to your advantage because they're kind of pre-screening um, if you do it the right way. So so in this situation, this was the dad. I had a great conversation with this seller's dad and the seller was actually um, his son and he was he was younger and the dad was kind of like going through all of these investors and realtors. So he started explaining to me when I was on the phone, you know, that he had been heavily solicited. There has been over 20 investors that have tried to go buy the house. And so my approach was, hey, I totally understand, um, but here's the deal. I see that the foreclosure is coming up. so. 
if your son still needs to make a decision, which he clearly hasn't, why don't I just go over the options with him? Why don't I just kind of walk him through it so he has a better understanding of where he's at? This seller particularly, this was like a family house and he just could not afford it. He was he's, he was a kid um, that probably shouldn't have purchased the property and he was waiting for more money and he kept thinking he's gonna pay for it and it just kind of snowballed. He had only had the property for three years and he had already been like, behind two. So he was really not even paying that long before he fell behind. Fast forward, I was able to use the dad as rapport, okay? So whenever you come across a scenario, the best thing you can do is get on that person's side and get the direct phone number from them. And the good news is that not a lot of people will have that information, right? So unless they do the same thing, these are actually the easier deals to get or access to because they're not getting bombarded. Um, the actual seller that was making the decisions, he's not getting bombarded because his dad is kind of filtering everyone out. And this happens a lot where I explain like our uh, prospecting where the people that are actually the hardest to get a hold of, those are the people you'll probably make the most money. And the reason why is because of what I just said that no, everyone kind of just goes for the low hanging fruit. And so part of our education, like we teach you like, Hey, this is how you find these people that are unsearchable or that the phone number has been changed and you need to be able to contact them a different way. But when you're prospecting, you're kind of sectioning all of the data off. So one with working phone numbers, you know, one list with numbers that, or contacts that don't have phone numbers. And then the other that, you know, on what you're going to be doing text message only or whatever the situation is. So I basically, you know, I had a great conversation with the dad. So I kind of use that to my advantage. And then I call the son. Well, the son doesn't answer, of course. Right. And I sent this text. I said, Hey, um, just spoke with your dad about your property and give me a call when you have a chance, you have some options that I can walk through and see if I can help. And I gave my number. So he calls back, which it looks like an hour later because that's when I sent my contact information and we had a conversation. So here's a couple key things that I said on the phone that is super important. So one, I was able to use that conversation with his dad as leverage of like, I already kind of have an in, right? The first thing I did was ask him about the situation, right? So how far behind he was. So here are three things that I said that are extremely important that if you're taking notes, write these three things down. One, what is the hardship? What is the reason why he fell behind? Tell me, and so I was like, hey, seller. Uh, so tell me, you know, what happened? You know, it looks like there is a sale date. You know, what was the reason why you fell behind? Why do I want to know this information? I want to know his, this information because I want to know what the pain points are and what's going to motivate him to move as well as figuring out what really is the best option, right? Because in this case, if the loan modification was the best option, then that's what I would have suggested, especially because there was equity. In his situation, he could not afford it. Like he could not afford it. He bought like a $75,000 truck. Mind you, his payment's like $1,100. And he just, every single month he'd come up short and his income did not uh, match up with the expenses, right? So when he bought the truck, he didn't include the mortgage, so he paid the truck payment. So anyways, so it's not our job to judge, right? We just, this is the situation, so how can we figure out the best strategy as I'm talking through it with him? So one, I'm finding out what his financial hardship is. So he tells me, well, I don't have enough income. You know, every month um, I fell behind, I tried, making partial payments, which this does come up a lot. He's like, I was only three months behind and then I tried sending a payment and a half and they wouldn't accept it. And then eventually it got to the point where they wouldn't accept it. Then I find out that he's already done multiple loan modifications within the three years that he's had the loan. 
Most likely, if you renege, which means that you didn't follow through with the agreements with the banks, they won't keep offering you those same options anymore because they know that it's a stall tactic tactic for the foreclosure. So I told him, here's what we can do because he was dead set on keeping the house. He's like, this is my family house. Like, you know, I, I don't want to move and pay around the same thing and whatever. So, and he's like, plus, you know, I might get, you know, a huge sum of money from my family. My family's going to pay it, you know, whatever. So I said, okay, so here's what we can do. I can call the bank on your behalf and I can just see what options they have available. Because at this point he's like checked out, he's overwhelmed. And so I told him, I said, you know, I'm just going to need, you know, your loan number, the information so that I can call for you to see if this is even an option, if they'll consider it since they verbally have told you no. Sometimes I can ask questions that you maybe not know. And he was like, that's perfect. Thank you so much. So if you see here, I didn't get a response. So we're at three days. I had already called him, followed up, haven't heard anything as far as like the loan number. And now we're getting down to the wire. So I said, hey, good morning. Following up about your loan number and the conversation we had last week, I need to talk to your bank to see what options you have because we're cutting it close on time. Do you Did you get a chance to have that information? Whenever there's a delay, it's always because something is working in the background. Now, the second thing that I said on the phone that you guys need to note, um, I know I kind of jumped ahead, but let's go back to the three things. The second thing I did was tell him, look, I'm gonna call and find out what options, but regardless, I can help you. If you're looking to sell it and put it online, I can help you do that. Um, I'm also an investor, so I can buy it if it makes sense, only if it truly makes sense. Like whatever options are, we'll go over a full picture. In the meantime, you're gonna get calls from other realtors and investors, and they're gonna try to make you offers, and they're not gonna fully understand the situation, right? Even attorneys will, will call you or, or send you letters or whatever. Just a heads up, this is gonna happen. If that's a possibility, this is something that we can do. So just allow me the time to call, don't sign anything, give me the chance to do this. Um, that way I can make sure that this is in your best interest. Extremely important, setting the expectations. So thank God this is what I do, right? Because in that next message, you're gonna see what happened and what happens when you don't do it. Because if I tell, if I plant a seed and I tell him, people are gonna call you, then when someone does call, it's gonna trigger like, oh, this is what Nicole said. Like, okay, cool. Like, no, 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 I'm already working with someone. Instead of, okay, tell me what's going on and oh, sorry, Nicole, uh, an investor gave me an offer, I'm just gonna accept it. No, I want the opportunity because I just told you that I'm gonna help you, right? I don't wanna get cut out. Watch what happens. So I said, so I talked to them last week before you called me and they said that I would not, um, that I could not do anything, that the only option is to sell. So I guess I'll wait for Gary, like I'm supposed to know who Gary is, right? To make an appointment with me to come look at the house and tell me what he thinks. Unless I come up with the money I owe and back payments to get caught up. So mind you, I've already told him, right? I already set the expectation that someone was gonna call. So I responded, I don't know who Gary is, but I can help you sell it and also buy it if that's what you need. Will you give me an opportunity before you sign anything with anyone else? I just wanna make sure you're taken care of. So here, look, look here. It's one of those guys you told me that would call me about coming out to look at the house. He called me shortly after I got off the phone with you. Hello. This happens all the time. Guys, in order for us to get these deals, we have to set the expectations and drive the bus. Are you tired of me saying that yet? Because I feel like I say that on all these videos, but oh my God, do you get the point? I have lost the deals. So I know like how important this is. And it's not until you lose a potential, you know, 15, $20,000 or potential deals that you had lined up that you're like, okay, I'll never do that again. So can you please 
Just take my free advice and learn so you don't have to have that painful situation happen to you. Plus, on top of that, I know that Gary is only going to look at one thing. You know, in this situation, I ended up buying it. That was the only thing that would get him out that would make sense because of how much he owed and it would not finance. So it would only go to an investor. So anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's the point, guys. Set the expectations. So make sure before you get off the phone, give them a heads up like, hey, all these people are going to contact you, but we have all these options. So we're not just thinking one way. We just want to make sure you're taken care of. And then the third thing in these conversations that are super important and what I did was I made sure that I knew the foreclosure date. I knew exactly who the foreclosure attorney is. I have to have that information so I know what kind of timeline I'm up against. I'm telling you it was two weeks, but I didn't know for sure until I called and you know started helping him and getting the foreclosure postponed so that we had more time. Now, this was my response. I said, exactly. I told you, you would be heavily solicited, but they aren't going to represent present all of your options and they definitely don't have your best interest in mind. I can sit down and go over the best option where you'll get the highest return and I can still help get the foreclosure postponed so you don't lose the house in the meantime. If you give me the opportunity, I can help. If it's selling cash, I can buy it. If it's listing it, then that's what we can do. All I'm asking is that you don't sign anything until we meet because I want to make sure that you don't get taken advantage of. I have so many clients in your situation that get desperate and come to me when it's too late, which is a hundred percent true. I have people that, especially if there's no equity and it's a short sale situation, you know, people just get so desperate and they'll sign the deed over to the investor. And then the investor has no freaking clue. At some point in my career, I think it was like 2011 to 2014. I had a wave of sellers that would just sign these deeds over. And I'm like, who is selling a course or a program that's telling these investors to just get the deed? Like, this is insane. It was happening all the time. And it was so sad because the way that it was pitched and presented to the sellers was, hey, well, don't worry, move out. We got your house taken care of. We're going to get it stopped. We're going to pay for it. And none of that happened. They didn't even know the balances because a lot of these were upside down and had no equity and they didn't even know the balances. They just literally were like, oh yes, a house. Well, guess what happened? They got all the payoffs and realized there's no way to make money here. Okay, just let it go to foreclosure, who cares? And it was so sad because the seller couldn't do anything. They had already signed the deed over to that investor or to that company and they had no rights anymore even though they were still financially responsible for the loan. I have seen all the worst case scenarios and so I am I use that experience to be able to um, share that with sellers of like, hey, let's go through everything to make sure that whatever we decide to do, that it makes the most sense for your situation. So then he said, oh no, I'm not signing anything. So when can we meet to discuss about it? So at that point I said, you know, let's meet tomorrow. I wanted to do it right away. Um, at this point, I think it was late afternoon and awesome. I met him at the house. I always confirm before I go because you know, people are flaky. And whenever you set an appointment, make sure it's as soon as possible. The longer you go, the more you risk losing that deal and someone coming up right behind you and calling them and just, you know, having more urgency. So don't, if, even if the seller's like, Oh, next week. And I'd be like, you know what? Let's do it tomorrow. So that way, you know, we can start working on your behalf or find some way to create the urgency because you only have a small window of time where they're motivated and that they're on board and willing to cooperate. So I get to the house, get this. I get to the house and there are literally stacks and stacks of mailers, stacks of like phone numbers, cards, all of this stuff that he had in the corner of his house. I wish I would have taken a picture so we could have thrown up on the screen. All of these people had reached out. So his dad answers the door 
And his dad says, you know, I, I introduced myself and he's like, I can't believe that someone's actually here. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, we have had so many people like try to stop by call me because remember dad was filter he's like i have tried to get my son to meet with someone but every time i go to tell my son hey call this person hey call this person he like you're the first person he actually agreed to meet so why do you think that is why do you think after 20 30 people that he said were on the phone with him before me so technically you would think like it's a numbers game so 20 30 people had the shot before i did and i was the person that he allowed through the door what do you think let me know in the comments. I'll tell you. It's because I built such a strong rapport and I didn't try to sell him on anything. The first thing that I offered to him was to call the bank for him. It was to help. It was to say, hey, let's get all the information. Because genuinely, even if nothing happens, even if I don't end up getting the deal, at least he'll have the information to make the best decision. And I truly, truly believe that you can both help people and make really good money. There have been people in the past that I've just helped them stop their foreclosure or told them exactly what to do or what to say and nothing ever happened. Like they kept the house and lived happily ever after. But guess who was the first person that they called when they needed help or people that they've referred over since because I was willing to do that without looking through dollar signs or looking to take advantage of anybody. And that's the key here, guys. Like people can tell if you're being genuine, people can tell if you're being authentic. So whatever that looks like, if the best option for them is the subject to great, let's figure out how to structure it. If the best option for them is truly a loan modification, because there, I know I say a lot about loan mods, but there is like 1% of people that it does make sense. Like what if there were only three or four payments and it doesn't completely alter the loan, well, that might make sense for them. It might not change too much, but when someone's 10 years behind, five years behind, and their interest rate goes from 3% to 10 to seven or 8%, or they go from a 30 year loan to a freaking 40 year loan, like, no, that doesn't make sense. So I am all about educating and allowing them to look at the bigger picture. I realize that this video is getting very long and I know YouTube, like, half of you won't even make it to the end. So I will wrap this up. Um, we do case studies um, all the time, like every other month um, where we'll do short sale case studies on how we um, you know, closed from start to finish, how we got the deal to how we closed. Uh, we also have the free pre-foreclosure class and our boot camp if you wanna jump in. Um, so if you're still watching, uh, we have a community that we have put together that we are so passionate about, that we're constantly referring deals to, that we're working with, and most importantly, that we're collaborating with. What's working for you? What's working for you? What's not working? What are your biggest challenges and how can we help each other You know, win? I mean, I have agents and investors all over the country. We even do in-person events only for our community. So if you wanna get plugged in, if you want help or you just wanna know where to start, reach out. All the links are gonna be in the description of the video and see you guys next time.